The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 183 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie, and I'm joined as always by my co-host out in L.A., Zandrick Ellison. Zan, let me be the first to wish you a happy new year. How are you today? Good. It's not even the new year yet, but you're looking ahead already. You're, you're throwing away 2021. I mean, have we not just thrown away the last couple of years anyway? This is our last show of 2021. So, I mean, although I, I will say this, like <laughs> this is a controversial take right out of the game. Already? Oh man, that's good. I heard so many people talking about last two years. I mean, I lost two years out of my life. And that's certainly true, especially if you're at an age where you probably would have been doing exciting things like not being able to go to college and have that freshman year experience or you're six years old and you're never going to first grade again or whatever. Like you're going to miss like certain parts of your life. Correct. Um, you and I, we haven't, we haven't missed that much. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you and I, or most people, you know, in our thirties or whatever, who are like settled. It's not like we're going to count mill Mount Kilimanjaro. It's we not both, like we're going like shark diving. Like we both, I mean, we both work from home. Like, right. <laughs> right. I mean, Our it's, lives it's are not that much different. It's tough for us to complain other than like the whole, like having a baby during the pandemic and being kind of worried yeah. about people coming over. Like it, it's, you're, you're exactly right. So, you know, just your classic uh, upper middle-class take from, from two white people guys. Seem want something. Yeah. People are complaining on now, instead of just wasting their time on Twitter, they have something to complain about and they so, have more of a reason to watch squid game. I, mean, I don't think most people's lives are that affected. Yeah. I mean, we don't, I, at this point, I mean, who knows, obviously Although I do, we are in an unusual situation. Cause I do feel for like my friends who are like, can't really date right now or can't do this and that. Um, we're not in that boat. We're, we're settled. We're doing the same thing. We're plugging away, doing our stupid basketball podcast. Nothing's changed in that regard. No, but what has changed is that I, it's funny. Like we, we sit here and we talk about topics. So like, what are we going to talk about? Like, you know, and this is just so odd of a time in the NBA and in just in any sports in general, Zan, but like I had a friend text me and was like, you know, the last like truly normal NBA season we had, like Kevin Durant was on the Warriors and Kawhi Leonard was on the Raptors. And that was like 2018, 2019. And I didn't think about how far removed we feel from that, but like, obviously they're going to get through 82 games. The league is going to do everything they can. We're getting some really awesome uh, replacement guys. Like we, we talked about that a little bit last week, but like watching Greg Monroe, like post up, yeah. like jump hook, like time. drop step. He was really fun. Like Brandon Knight had a big game for Dallas. Like this has been kind of interesting, but like, you know, as we move towards this whole like playoffs and we're going to get a normal, like I think into the regular season, because everyone's going to go through COVID protocols, the guidelines are going to change, but I would imagine that we'll, by the time the playoffs roll around, Zan, I don't think we'll be dealing with like players sitting out because they're on the COVID list. In fact, I, I don't know that BovadaSportsBook.com would like actually have those odds, but like I, I think that guys are like, oh, well, you know, Kevin Durant's already been on the list, so we don't have to test him for three months, like all this nonsense, right? So I, I think we're going to get a pretty normal postseason, but I don't know how this part of the season is going to affect that postseason, if that makes sense. And what I'm, what I'm saying is like, right. And we have all these know, teams that are super close and who knows how it's going to shake out. That's, that's maybe the, because we always say the regular season is sort of not irrelevant, but less, certainly a lot less relevant than other sports. Cause the teams you expect to make the playoffs tend to make the playoffs. Typically do. Yeah. But this year does feel a little different in the sense that there's a lot like a thick middle class of teams at the moment, at least, you know, 35 games in that are kind of jostling for position and trying to avoid the play-in tournament. So maybe those extra two or three losses will actually matter a lot. And, and honestly, like in reality, Zan, of the teams that we see that are really good right now, like Brooklyn is good, obviously, and it, it does appear like James Harden is getting healthy. They get Kyrie back. 
Utah is good. We expected Utah to be good. Golden State is good. I think you were really high on Golden State, but Phoenix is good. Milwaukee's good. And then other than that, like those... Well, that's a good question because we want to talk about the middle class and the teams that are maybe slipping out of it. But uh, let me ask you how many playoff spots are actually up for grabs, you'd say. So let me... I'll ask your team and you tell me if they're locked in or not. Okay. Within, you know, 95% chance. This is a a good question. So, So... well, let me, let me give you a team. You tell this, me locked in or not. Well, let me ask you, does this count as like they'll definitely make the play-in tournament or or what? I'll say top, I'll say top uh, six. Because I don't okay. think there's a lot of playoff locks at that point. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Let's top six. So they have to, you know, locked into the playoff field without winning a play-in tournament. Brooklyn? I think they're a lock. Milwaukee? They're a lock. Miami? I feel like I think they've been playing terrible, but they are like 20, 22 and 13. And 13. Like I, I think, I think Miami is a lock. So those three, and then one debatable one, Chicago right now, the two seed. Do you think they're a lock to make the top six? I, I think it's funny. Like we talk about advanced stats and stuff all the time, but I think them having so many guys out on COVID protocols the last month has kind of like made them appear worse than they actually are. I, I'm, I'm hesitant to put Chicago and Cleveland in as locks because I don't, really like their teams as constructed, especially like when I watch them kind of like, I don't understand, but like, I think Chicago is going to make the playoffs. I mean, they're, 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 they're 11 games over 500. Like they'd have to have some like epic futility down the stretch to like not finish with like 45 wins. Right. So. Yeah. I think I would consider them a lock. I mean, would you, you know, above 90% chance. Would you put Cleveland as a lock? I would not put Cleveland. but they're way, like I said, that we were talking about this off the air. And we'll, I don't think we're going to talk specifically about Cleveland, but rather the teams below them, probably starting with Philly in the East. But like Cleveland has like pretty clearly been the best team in the East the last month. And it's hard to know, like, is it real or not? But like they're net, they're fourth in net rating. They're second in defense. Like they're really good. And I, I don't know like what that yeah, means. Like numbers wise, if you looked at just the resume and on stat sheet, you'd say yes. I just, it's just so new that it scares me. Yeah, they gave at least four teams are locked in, maybe five. Well, what are you gonna? I'm, I'm gonna say that I think Chicago's a lock. I'll say yeah, that those, I say, those I think five that, I think teams those. make the playoffs. I don't do know not. about Cleveland. I, I don't know. Certainly wouldn't say they're a lock. So I'd say four locks, and then in the West, Golden State, yes, Phoenix, yes, Utah, yes. Those are three stone cold. Locks. I, I don't think State, there's. I don't think there's any other locks after that. Memphis yeah. is 21 and 14. They get John Moran back. I think it'd be really easy to say that they're a lock, but I don't know that I agree with that because I don't. I think they're good. Don't get me wrong. I think this Memphis team is very good, but like there are a lot of good teams behind them, but those teams all have huge issues. So like Memphis maybe got their issues out of the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Memphis is like Cleveland to me, like, you know, like they're playing really well. They're, you know, seven games over 500 and, you know, statistically likely that they'll make the playoffs. I think I just don't know if it's a lock, but so that's sort of the pace. There's like two or three spots up for grabs in the playoffs. You know, Obviously, two more in the play-in. So, like, our question for today is more like those teams that are falling behind in this race. What do you do? It's like a long horse race. What's the longest triple crown race? Belmont, right? Belmont, yeah. So it's like the Belmont Stakes. Like, do you, you know, switch horses? (laughs) I guess you can't do that. But I mean, do you make a trade? Do you just like keep pace, or do you pull back and like give up? Can I ask you a question before we get into this? Just a real yes. quick one, because I know Memphis has been on your mind. Yes. Who's Memphis's? I think we both agree that John Morant is Memphis's best player. Who is Memphis's second best player, in your opinion? I mean, everyone would say Jaron Jackson Jr., right? I mean, I don't, um, I don't think he's their second best player. Well, he's good, I mean, that's though. like consensus, I think. Um, like, is, is Dylan Brooks or Desmond Bain or I think it's Desmond Anthony Bain, Melton? Maybe. Like, well, are those? I. I think Jaron Jackson is probably upside wise. Desmond Bain, I, I, you alluded to this because I'm writing a longer post about Memphis. And one of the guys I mentioned is Desmond Bain, just in the sense that there's so often those guys who end up being value are not necessarily like the diamond in the rough. You know, Giannis found him in a village somewhere at 16 years old and he's never played basketball before. A lot of times it's a guy who was in college for four years and productive but the NBA just doubted him for some reason or another. And Desmond Bain, like they don't like four-year guys. This is, this and is they don't like Desmond Bain because he has a short wingspan. But the cr- Dude, the craziest part about this is like, this is Memphis's entire roster with the exception of like Ja and Jaron Jackson, right? Like yeah. you have Melton was in college, I think for three years, but maybe I'm wrong. Tyus Jones was a, a long college guy. Like Dylan Brooks was in college for four years. He's super old. 
John Contra, four-year guy. Xavier Tillman, four-year guy. Brandon Clark, who for some reason doesn't play as much as he probably should, four-year guy. Killian Tilly, four-year guy. Like, this is like Memphis' entire roster. Maybe there's something to it, Dan. I don't know. Yeah, no, there's definitely something to it. And then also, Tyus was only one year. But Tyus, oh, yeah, he can, I'm sorry. I was confused by... Uh, but they didn't draft him. Trey, you know? Trey, Trey Jones is who I was thinking. Wow, I'm bad. All right, go yeah, ahead. Sir. No, but my point... But also, just like, looks maybe deceiving. Like, Tyus Jones was a later pick and they kind of slept on because he doesn't look the part and Kyle Anderson, you know, is too slow to make it, but those guys are just productive NBA players, you know? Um, the Anthony Melton was a one year guy too. Boy, I'm, I'm off today. Let's just get rid of Memphis. Let's not talk about that. Okay. But talking about the guys who are falling behind. So my question for you is like, you have to put them in one of three categories. Okay. Change horses, which doesn't make sense, but the idea being, we need just to make a after, move if we're going to push ahead. After one lap, you just get on another horse. I actually <laughs> like that idea for, for like a Zorro horse race. or something. Like yeah, that's it's pretty cool. Movie. Yeah. Or do you just like okay, let's not panic, keep the pace. It's a long road. Or do you say, look, we're not winning this race. We're falling behind. Let's just slow down and save it, save our gas for next year. Um, or maybe get into the lottery. You know, get high pick in the lottery. So. Let's talk about some of those teams that are sort of behind the pace right now, not in the playoff field. Do you want to start at East or in the West? Let's start in the West. There's less teams. The East is a little bit more jammed. Let's start in the West for sure. Okay, because the thing you mentioned pre-show is interesting. Clippers, hot, good start. Paul George off to a good start. He's out for how long, did you say? Three to four weeks until he gets reevaluated. Yeah, Paul, Paul George has a torn UCL in his right elbow, which, again, you know, that's a baseball injury to me. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know that I've ever heard it. I don't know what it means. Does like he get Tommy John surgery? If they look at it and it doesn't heal, does that mean we're going to be like a year without Paul George? Like, I think this is like a pretty seminal moment in like the Clippers future here, because we don't know what's going to happen with Kawhi, but if like Paul George is going to be out for the rest of the season, I mean, what are you doing? Like there's, there's like pr- pretty much in my opinion, like they're a win now team, but like, you're not bringing Kawhi back. Right. If Paul George is out for the next four months. So and they're 17 and 17. They're still in the sixth spot right now, trending down. I mean, what does a move? You can't really shake up the roster. So I think it's more of a do you just hold steady or are you maybe content to be like, this is not our year, pull back a little bit? Well, I don't think they're going to do that because of what we know about the Clippers. I do think the, the, they've had a very interesting season, right? Like they've missed Marcus Morris for a lot of games. Like, and, Abaka was out for like a bunch of games. So I don't know that this Clippers team is like really indicative of the one we thought we would see. I still do think at full strength, they're a title contender. I think it's starting to look pretty likely, Zan, like we're not going to see that from this Clippers team anytime in the future. I would probably, I would probably keep doing what you're doing for right now, right? This yeah. roster is deep. They have good players. Like they're. And then the, the one like sort of, regardless of what you think, there's no other answer because I just realized Clippers don't have their pick next year. Right. So you're not protected going to Oklahoma city in a Paul George trade. Yeah. So you're going to, you're just going to play. Right. And you're this just team keep trying. And so it's interesting, right? They, you know, Brandon Boston, people are like kind of excited about, he's shown some flashes. We did talk about him as like an upside guy to, if you could take him in the late first, early second, but like beyond that, like, I don't know, there's nothing to get you like super excited about on this roster. And, and so I don't know, you know, like they're not going to trade Terrence Mann, right? Like, Marcus Morris is making like $80 million. Like he's probably not got the market that people think Nick Batum, I think could make some money as like a role guy on another team, but that's probably worth like a second round pick. So I just don't think the Clippers have an Avenue to like blow it up. Right. I agree with you. And then the Lakers, same thing. They don't have their pick. They're going to keep charging ahead. (laughs) Have you Um, seen this? Hold on real quick. Have you seen this like Russell Westbrook for like Ben Simmons, like rumor out there? Like I, I I just at, at some point, like, it's kind of cool that we haven't really, like, been beaten over the head with, like, Ben Simmons takes of late because, like, he just hasn't been in the news. But, like, Zan, let me ask you a question. If Daryl Morey trades Ben Simmons for Russell Westbrook, like, at what point do we just, like, openly accuse the league of, like, colluding with the Lakers? <laughs> um, There's so no way spin. it's true. No, that's so much been My favorite spin story tweet of the week was, we should have that, spin of the week. Um, Shams tweeted about Isaiah Thomas not getting a second day, second 10 day contract. And then it said in the tweet, 
multiple teams expected to have heavy interest in Isaiah Thomas. I'm like, really? <laughs> this averaged, guy has been terrible. He's averaged, he averaged 9.3 points a game. Like, let me, let me be honest with you about this for a second. The biggest issue, I think, with casual NBA fans, and, and I don't even mean to be like, oh, casuals, you know, the old Kevin Durant part about it, but like not understanding how many good players are out there and just being like, oh, I saw this about Brandon Knight. Like he scored 18 points and people were like, this guy got exiled from the league. And it's like, dude, there are younger, cheaper players who don't dominate the ball, who can play in this role. Like Isaiah Thomas, this is like his fourth farewell tour, Zan. Like, do, can we just stop with this? Yeah. I Joe mean, Johnson was a better player than Isaiah Thomas ever was. And we don't see people talking about like, oh, ISO Joe, man, he needs 25 touches. Teams are really interested. Like, it's so stupid to me. But all right, let's move on. We so much talk so much about the Lakers. The La- all right, the Dallas Lakers- is really interesting because this is the two category. The Lakers are just going to keep moving on. They're just going to keep moving. Day. Yeah, it's not. Dallas. I don't think has the option of, um, you know, pulling back and and then going to the lottery. But th- I think the question is like they're sixteen and seventeen. I think for them the two options are let's not panic, keep going, or do we say like we actually need to remake this roster right now? Yeah. And, and we talked about Dallas, I think, at the start of the year as one of the more interesting teams. I, I told you, like, I, I liked their over-under on Bobata, the over, because I, I did think Jason Kidd, well, I thought he would be a downgrade in terms of the first season after Rick Carlisle. I did think Jason Kidd would probably be a pretty good fit based on, like, you know, having worked with LeBron and, and done it as an assistant. But, like, Dallas is just worse, right? There's just some issues. Their offense is not as good. Luka has not taken another, like, huge jump. He's obviously still a really good player. But we've talked about, like, does it work with Porzingis, right? And the issue they're going to come away with here, I think, is that, like, Jalen Brunson's, like, their third or fourth best player, and they can't really pay him a ton. And so, like, if you lose Jalen Brunson in free agency, that's a huge piece of offense that you have to, like, kind of retain somehow or, or replace. And so I don't know how good this team actually is in the future. Like, I, I think there are more holes than we think. And so... I don't know what they do really right now because like, like you said, there aren't really any moves for them to make like there's stuff around the edges. Right. But like, you're, you know, they paid Tim Hardaway, like Porzingis is on the team, obviously for a long time, like Luca's the main centerpiece, but they don't have guys to like really move. So what could you do theoretically devil's advocate, something like Tim Hardaway and Maxi Kleber for like a CJ McCollum or something. I mean, you yeah, you, you could you could like maybe do that, but it's it like how much better is I don't know how much better is CJ McCollum than Tim Hardaway? Like, I mean, he's better, but like, is he like uh, substantially better? They just they just and t- I mean, Tim Hardaway's contract's pretty team friendly too. Like, it decreases over the course of the next four years. Like, he gets paid the most this year, so like, I just so you're you're saying hold steady. I, I don't I just don't like this is this is the interesting part about the NBA right now, especially with some of these types of teams like Lakers, Clippers, Mavs, whatever. Like they seem to be so you wouldn't expect the Mavs to be kind of as all in as they are. And their cap sheet is a little clean because like they were sort of waiting for Giannis, right, Zan? But like they're a little bit more all in than we think, right? I understand that Luke is 22, so it's hard to be like super all in, but they've built this roster around Luca of like older like new type of vets right like 27 28 29 year olds that are getting paid you know to to be that second third fourth option and they're probably just not good enough <laughs> like oh, yeah I, I mean like it seems like my answer would be hold steady for this reason just looking at the numbers they're just like cold i guess you know luca's not shooting well tim hardaway 33 percent from three jalen brunson 33 percent porzingis 28 percent Reggie Bullock, who was supposed to be their shooter, 27%, yeah. 38% for his career. So I think they'll bounce back to some degree, but I think you're right. I think they're sort of plateauing. And if they lose in round one again, I think the offseason is going to be interesting because obviously the coach wasn't just like a simple fix. Yeah, and I don't know, not to borrow your like choose another horse option, I don't think they're choosing another horse with Jason Kidd. You know what I mean? Like I'm pretty sure Jason right. Kidd is their coach. So. I'm interested to see, and again, this this is a situation too. Like Dallas is what 17 and 16 or 16 and 17, 17 and 16, right? So I do think that they've played very average, like they've played like a 500 team, but we are also talking about a situation where they've had Luca, they Luca's missed, I think, 13 or 14 games. Porzingis has missed, I believe, 10 games. So like 
I mean, who knows if they get healthy, they could just start winning and figuring it out. This is a team I do think that has a lot more potential because it isn't an issue. Like the Lakers, sure, they could figure it out with Russ and Anthony Davis, but they can't really do anything about the supporting cast. You know, the Clippers, they don't have Paul George. They don't have Kawhi. But like Dallas has all their horses. And and so I do think this is a weighted out situation. Let me give you two more teams that are not next to each other in the standings, but the Spurs are 14 and 19, but they've been improving. And I'd say the same about New Orleans, really bad start, 13 and 22 right now. Both of them are at the 10 and 13th spot, but theoretically the plan is possible. Like, do you think those teams should keep charging ahead and think that they may maybe get into that play in, or do you think it's kind of like a lost cause? I want to give a really wishy-washy answer here. So I'm going to avoid it with New Orleans and set like, if I was New Orleans, I just play my young guys and whatever happens, happens, right? I, I maybe would look to move Josh Hart as good as he's playing right now. I think like Josh Hart, you know, I don't know what his odds are on Bovada for most improved player, but I think he's like a very reasonable most improved player candidate. He's playing a huge role. He's playing the four. I think there are playoff teams that should be pretty interested in Josh Hart moving forward. And if I'm the Pelicans, I should be pretty okay moving Josh Hart. But all that to say if you can't get a good effort, like a good offer for him or whatever, like I would just play my young guys because the fact of the matter is like until Zion tells you like trade me or I'm not showing up, you need guys to be ready when Zion comes back. Right. So I just play those guys and however it shakes out is fine with me, you know, but I would be looking to trade a guy like Josh Hart, whose value is very high. I wouldn't be looking to trade Brandon Ingram. I wouldn't be looking to trade Zion. I wouldn't be looking to trade like Jonas Valanciunas. But like those guys on the periphery that might have some value for some other teams that can make New Orleans better in the future, I probably would be trying to make a deal. Now, I don't know what David Griffin's like allowed to do. You know, that's the other thing. Like, who knows if Zion's best friend on the team is Josh Hart, you're probably not trading him. Right. But so that's kind of my answer for New Orleans, rather than just saying, like, you got to wait and see what happens with Zion's foot before you blow it up. If you get the right offer, I think you got to take it for somebody like him. Otherwise, just keep playing. Nikel Alexander Walker and just letting him shoot a bunch of bricks all over the place. Like Kyra Lewis tours ACL, like that kind of stinks, you know, see if you can maybe move Sadoransky to another team. Cause he's been so bad, but like he's got some value as like a veteran backup. And so I think just, they should be listening. How about that, Zan? Not necessarily like looking to blow it up, but like listening to other offers. San Antonio. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, think they have guys that can really help. Like, I think you could move Bryn Forbes. I think Doug McDermott would be, like, very available. You know, Thad Young, who hasn't played a ton for them, I think is a guy that you could try to move as well. But this person really played well lately. And I think there's part of them that thinks they're pretty darn good and thinks, you know, like, DeJounte's good, Kelvin Johnson's good, Derek White's good. Because I told you before, like, I thought this was the sneaky best landing spot for Ben Simmons. But, like, if they're not going to do it, then just play, right? Like play your young yeah, guys. They're they're in the playing tournament right now. I think that's not a terrible result for them to be like nine or ten with a young team. Get pop. He's gonna break the record for most wins. Feel good about that. But the, um, but the fact of the matter is with the Spurs in, right? They just don't have a guy that makes you feel like, all right, we can win the title in in three years, right? Like no. And so I don't really know how they get that guy. And if they do make the playoffs and they keep drafting in the middle, like, yeah, hopefully you hit it right. And somebody trades you Kawhi Leonard for George Hill. Right. But I don't know that we're seeing that from them right now. And so, because, you know, Derek White's 27, DeJounte's 25, Yaka Portal's 26. I don't know. They're, they're kind of in a little bit of a different spot, but like, I would look, if I was them, like I would definitely be looking to move that young and probably Bryn Forbes and Doug McDermott and just move forward. Like with what you can get for those guys, you know? Um, should we keep going through the West? I mean, Sacramento is in a, in a weird spot. I think they want to make a move. Yeah. And I think in Denver, I think we've talked about a lot and they just don't really have any moves to be made right now. Other than like, just let Jokic go like, and and Portland's interesting because they're the one team that maybe has all three options. Like, do you trade CJ McCollum? Do you try to ride it out at 13 and 20 and hope Dame's shooting turns around? Or do you pull back and call it a lost year? I don't think you can do that, I guess, with Portland. We've talked a lot about Portland. I'll, I'll, we, we go quick on them and then go to the East. But, like, if Dame wants to play, I think you have to do that, Zan. Like, because I, I think if you say, like, no, we're punting on this season, then he's going to be like, all right, I don't want to be here anymore. Because you know that he wants to win and you know that he believes in himself. But the second that you say, like, sorry, he's not going to happen, then, like, you're just moving Dame to Philly, right? Like, there's just, 
I know that's lazy to say, but like, I just think you're not going to like rely on Chauncey Billups and a GM that like maybe isn't going to be there in a year to decide what to do. And so I think you are going to like err on the side of like pleasing your star player. And he's looked better of late, I think. Yeah. He, he's back up to 33% from three. So I think you're right. Like the Spurs, Portland will be fighting for the play in. I think Minnesota will still be fighting for the play in Sacramento. Who knows? Yeah, what, I mean, they're pretty good. What do you I think mean, about what do you, what do you think about Minnesota really quickly? Like, are, are I you, I think you have to, like you said, kind of about new Orleans, like you just got to play your young guys and see what happens. And, they played, they rolled out one of the worst lineups I've ever seen in an NBA game the other day, Zan. Like the game like where I sent you the clip about Greg Monroe saying he didn't know who like uh, Jalen Noel was. But like they started literally three NBA rotation guys. It was like one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And so I that's when Greg Monroe back in there. I mean, he just is, he's going to be able to do. He's only 31. It's crazy. If you think about guys that like, like Roy Hibbert went from like defensive player of the year to like out of the NBA in like three years and got paid. It's it's yeah. like what Spencer Hall's got like forty five million dollars and then was just done. Right, Greg Monroe I think has made a lot of money and he's just out of the league. And he, you're right, he's thirty one years old. Like because he just can't guard and pick and roll. Well, let's move to the East because I think the one of the more interesting teams in the East is a team that doesn't sound like they should be considering pulling back. But Washington got off to a really hot start, down to seventeen and seventeen now trending downwards their you know srs is 23rd um out of 30 you know it was a feel-good story but now is that is the bloom off the rose already so i actually have a funny wizard story real quick so my buddy is a uh, poker dealer in maryland and he had a guy at his table like a month ago maybe who was saying that he went on bovada and he placed a wager on the wizards over under which i believe on bovada was 30 4.5 but don't quote me it could have been 33.5 but at that time the wizards were like 14 and 7 right or like 14 and 8 and the guy was like you know i'm gonna make a thousand dollars like i'm just cashing my ticket right now like blah 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 blah. so he saw this guy two days ago wizards i believe were 17 and 16 at the time and he asked him like you know how do you feel about it and he's like oh well they'll be fine like everything's everything's gonna be good like they, they they've got such a head start like they can't possibly miss and so I actually looked, and they're 17 and 17 as of us recording, and they've played a pretty easy schedule. I think there's got to be like a pretty good chance the Wizards don't win another 17 games, right? Wow. Like, well, yeah, I, I think that's possible. And and then it's you not, mentioned it's, it's you not were reading insane. the tea leaves and conspiracy theorizing. Bradley Beal got one vaccine shot, is eligible to play in some places now. I, yeah. I do think of Bradley Beal for Ben Simmons trade makes a lot of sense. So I, I actually looked a little bit more into that and uh, great reporting by the Wiz, but it does look like the Verizon center or it's not Verizon anymore. Capital one arena is going to require vaccinations to enter. So it does look like Beal at this point would not have been allowed to play home games if he didn't do it. I think gotcha. so. It's okay. not as much. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure of that I was just looking at other like Washington media members when they were talking about that. So I will confirm that uh before i like say it with my chest but if i'm the wizards i think i'm looking to trade bradley beal i you just have i think you i i really admire that he was going to stay and sort of have this sort of bradley beal in the pips season maybe get some like you know go for a scoring title again but he hasn't played that well the team is sinking now i don't think they're a threat to win you know round one games so what's the point right and And so you there's no path forward really yeah. And, and so he obviously is not re-signing an extension in season, right? So his value is, it's not low in the sense that like, if you put Bradley Beal on the market, you could get a big deal for him. Right. But it's low in the sense that like any team that trades for him mid year is like maybe trading for a rental. Right. And, and how much are you willing to give up for a rental? Who's also not playing that well this year based on his standards. I think the issue with the whiz, right. Is he's going to opt out. I can't imagine that he's not going to opt out. He can make a lot more money if he does. But then like you have Davis Bertans with like 55 million left. You have Contavious Caldwell Pope, who I think has one year left, but an option, I believe you have Montrezl Harrell. Who's done after this year. Thomas Bryant is done after this year. Kyle Kuzma. I mean, you're not super excited to have him, but like, I think the issue of like, Hey, the wizards have all these young wings. Like, why would you trade for Ben Simmons? I, I think maybe if you look at the Wizards, like, yeah, their cap sheet is clean now because that wall contract and, and subsequently Westbrook's off the books is true. 
But like without Bradley Beal, like this is a, not a good roster. Right. And like you said, it's right. a cool story, but like you have an opportunity to sign a guy who's got three more years on his deal, who is a difference maker. You also already have some pieces that make sense around Ben Simmons. I, I, I don't know if I would do it per se, but like, I think Washington would probably have to give up a little more too, to be honest, just because of the risk that comes for trading with, from trading for Brad Beal right now with the yeah, expiring deal. I, I like the idea of keeping Bradley Beal. And then in my head, I think we talked about in the preseason, you're going to have space. Maybe you could sign another star. Michael Porter Jr. was talked about. He obviously signed an extension and then got hurt. But like, I just don't see that other star out there anymore. So like, I don't know if their pieces or can acquire another star. So like Bradley Beal plus nothing else is not going to get it done. And it's pretty clear at this point, like, so Spencer Dinwiddie has been pretty good. Bertans has been bad. Kuzma has been in his usual self. Trez has been like their second best player, like third best player. Right. And he's not going to be there. I don't think. Cause but you're the, have the to sad part too is like, the, you know, the hot start kind of bites them in that way, because let's say you trade for Ben Simmons and you just tell him, Hey, we're going to build for the future. Just chill out this year, get your head together. We're going to tank the rest of the way. 17 wins might not get you into the top five, you know, like you have pick wise, like Detroit only has five wins right now. Like they're (laughs) not going to win 17 games maybe this year. No. And I I think too, like one thing with the Wizards is like Rui has, Rui hasn't played this year. I don't think Thomas Bryant has played yet, uh, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah. Thomas Bryant has not played this year. So like, those are two guys that they signed, you know, they drafted Rui and signed Thomas Bryant to be like the future, but they paid Daniel Gafford this is a weird roster. And so I don't know if the Simmons for Beal trade makes the most sense. I don't, I, I think it makes sense. Like he's a star, but I also think like, what is, what about the chances that like Beal's like, Oh, I want to go to Boston. and I want to play with Jason Tatum. Like, could you do Brad Beal for Jalen Brown? And like, does that make sense? I, and again, I don't know those answers, but I think, I think Washington, I, think I would encourage a move. Yeah. I think like the yeah. boat is leaking and they have to realize it sooner than later. And so unless Bradley Beal has told you 100%, I, I, not even 100%, but like, unless Brad Beals told you, like, what, 75% that he's willing to resign, like, how, how can you keep him? I think is yeah. really my question. I agree. Um, and, and, what about, I, sorry, I was well, just going to say, move on unless you have more Wizards. Takes. Well, I was just going to say, like, with a team like Washington, like, they haven't been very good lately, right? Like, 2016, 2017 is the last good season. They did make the play in tournament last year, but they got blown out. Like, so I understand the whole, like, we want to make the playoffs, like we want to compete, but you do have to be able to like, look in the mirror and say like, you know what, like, this is just the end of kind of this experiment. And I, and I don't know that they're there yet. I have no idea, but it does look like Wes Unsell Jr. is a, an okay coach, right? It looks like he'll be fine. And so I just think that this is a little bit more of like a, I don't know, this is more pressure than I think like he needs to be under if he's really trying to build like a winning culture. And so I don't know. I'm in favor of trying to see what's out there. I don't, I wouldn't say just take whatever you can get, but right. I agree with that. And it, then it, maybe, maybe somebody comes along and says, you know, you do have pieces. We want to work on our depth. We'll give you a star or near star for, you know, three or four guys. Yeah. I, I wonder mean, like, would Denver right now, knowing that Michael Porter Jr. is hurt, maybe, you know, for how, who knows how long, I don't know if he's eligible to be. You traded. can't trade. Yeah. You can't trade him right now, but theoretically say so you could, would they trade? him for you know three rotation players like Bertans, Contavious Caldwell Pope and like yeah Kuzma I don't know KCP I don't know they might um and then you take on a massive risk if you're the Wizards but I think you you kind of need to take risks to get out of where they are yeah um Atlanta I think you'd say just keep going right they're 15 and 18 but well I've told you this before that I actually think Atlanta is like a pretty good candidate to like make some moves because there's some issues with the way their team is constructed. Right. And obviously it, it's hard to say that like Atlanta's done anything wrong this year. I mean, they have like 12 dudes on the COVID list. Like, you know, they haven't gotten a lot of Deandre hunters played like 11 games, you know, I don't know. Like what, what, like Atlanta is one of the weirdest teams to me, I guess just yeah. keep it together. Right. Well, you're right. They're, they're a candidate for like a two for one, three for one. They just they just have so many players that like seem like they could help other teams that like if you're Atlanta and like maybe you lose a little bit of your depth, but you help your like, you know, you I don't know, you help like like why is Lou Williams getting minutes, right? Like Jalen Johnson's playing some. He probably shouldn't be like, I don't know. They just have 
Atlanta has a lot of good players, and I just don't think their team's quite good enough. I, I wouldn't yeah, resign. It's, it's a really sad situation for them in the sense that, like, they were so excited based on last year. They're back under 500. Their defense is 26th again. It's like they're falling right back into that old. Like, box. what's the best? Cam Reddish has had a couple good games in a row, and I know that they maybe feel like Cam Reddish is like you know the key to their future. But like, if you could trade Cam Reddish and something else for like you know, a better, more reliable veteran piece. Like, shouldn't you do that? But also like they, they paid Gallinari all these minutes right. and like, he's pretty clearly washed when he's not being guarded by Tobias Harris. And, like, that's a tough one. You know, like Lou Williams is probably going to pop his head up on your least valuable player column this year. It's just like, well, yeah, I think, you know, you make a good point. Cause I think there's enough excitement about Cam Reddish. Now you could get a good piece for him. Deandre Hunter, people still like, but I just don't think they're close enough to really, you know, merit that. Like, let's say they get Bradley Beal. I still don't think they're going to be, you know, going back so to the conference finals. Is, they, they wouldn't, soon. they wouldn't do this. Right. But like you're saying Brad Beal for like Cam Reddish, right. Deandre Hunter. And then like some salary throw right. into like, like theoretically, Gallinari can, to like make it even. Like I you think don't you think could that get that. I think you maybe could get that deal. This, this but what the, does it get you? This is the issue with like the NBA trade market right now too, is there's only like five names that really like people want. I mean, there's a bunch of names that are available and we'll see some guys get moved, but like, you know, other than like your Jalen Brown, Ben Simmons, Brad Beals, like who else is even out there that teams are like, unless you're going to talk yourself into like the Hawks young guys or the golden state young guys, but like Cleveland's not making a deal anymore. Darius Garland's playing great. Like they're not trading Kevin love. They're good. Like, why would they do that? Sacramento, maybe they'll trade De'Aaron Fox. I don't think they will, right? I, like, think, I think they would. I, I just think that he's, his value has been hit, taking a hit. Um, it would be really fun to have NBA GMs like actually tell you what they think about their players' yes. values, right? So like De'Aaron Fox is a good NBA player. Like I think a, a, a guy that can be the second best player on a good team, I don't think he can be your best player. But like if you really got like uh, Monty McNair in a room and you're like, how good is De'Aaron Fox really? Like, what do you think he would say? Like, oh yeah, we should trade him straight up for Brad Beal, right? Like, it's I, just... I think they're very eager to trade him. I, I this is my do sense. You think? I just think he's not playing that well this year. Talking about De'Aaron Fox, I think his contract is big now. It's you know he has this big extension. I think they have other guards. So, who, like, so let me like ask Halliburton you... that they could play. Yeah, Don, uh, Donovan Mitchell. Davion Mitchell. Uh, Davion Mitchell looks pretty good. Let me ask you this. Who's who's the fourth best player on the trade market? I think De'Aaron Fox is on the trade market. I, I honestly think that. Um, but I mean, and that's, that's but true. I'm not saying he's the best. Ben but, Simmons is very clearly the best that's actually on. Like, you can trade for Ben right. Simmons. Let me we look at the viable trade pieces. Like, I we assume Jalen Brown could be traded. We assume Bradley Beal could be traded. I was just putting them in. I would his- say Ben Simmons, Bradley Beal. I would say De'Aaron Fox is available cj mccollum um, seems like he's probably yeah, available McCollum. um doesn't I seem think. like anybody on the timberwolves is available well, indiana right? what do you think is the bonus what do you think of miles yeah turner? so bonus and miles turner are available for sure um, one of the two and and karis lavert is available yeah and we won't even talk about indiana because i think they're clearly in they're trying <laughs> they, yeah. they announced that they would like to make a move let's let's end with one last team that we don't talk about a lot anymore former nba champion toronto raptors Oh, Another disappointing year, 14 and 17. I don't yes. even know. What do you do? They have Scotty Barnes, who's been really good for them as a rookie. Yeah, let's let's just say, like, Philly, keep doing what you're doing. Try to trade Ben Simmons. But, like, obviously, yeah. Philly's going to keep their thing. And Boston is doing the same thing. I, yeah. I guess the real question is, if we were going to talk about Boston, they're 16 and 18 right now. Um, I think Boston is is still pretty good. Pretty clear that, like, the Tatum and Jalen Brown thing is – appearing like it's not working right Zan like it's appearing like these guys are not huge fans of each other I don't know that to be the case obviously but but they're not going to blow it up I I mean you could trade Jalen Brown and try to get Brad Beal but like they're not going to do anything crazy like they're not going to do anything that would make them worse this year you know like uh, that's why I think we're not I agree I we're just in lockstep with those two teams I I think but Toronto's interesting to me because why aren't they better like you look at their team they have here are their top five guys. Van Vliet averaging 20 and six. OG and Anobi's done well, 19 points a game. Scotty Barnes has been one of the best rookies, averaging 15, eight, and three. Gary Trent, it's been the shooter you want, 38% from three, 17 points a game. Pascal Siakam, not what you wanted, but still averaging 20 points a game. He's been better too since he's been back. He's not healthy. He's, you know, he's only played 18 games this year. Same so with those are five guys 
that are playing well. Let's talk about let's talk why about why are they 14 and 17? Let's talk about after those five guys. Yes. It's Keep a little going. bit of a problem. Um I mean they Precious paid, is playing. Precious starting. is okay. They they paid Kim Birch, you know, third center money to be like their second center. Chris Chris Boucher has just been like, I thought he was a guy that was like a lock to get paid way too much money. And he's just not been super good. Yeah. He's totally fallen off the map. I'm not sure why. Like their center position, it seems like a disaster. Yeah. Goran um, Dragic, they just are like confident that they don't need him, I guess. Like they, you know, cause he seems like a guy like, Hey, play him for a little while and then move him. Like why, why didn't, uh, I don't know. Pardon my butchering of this name. Utah want to know Bay. From wow. Japan had a really, good game. That was, that was really, really bad. He's been around for a while, by the way. Like, but like, you know, why does he get more fourth... attention? Because he had one really good game. I think he had like a 20-point game. Yeah, this is his fourth year. You know, if you played at GW, right? Like he's he's been in America for a while. Like he was a good college player. Like he's from but Japan. Like, I don't you think he wrong. should be a bigger star? Is he better he's than 27, He's 27 years old. All right. So you're not buying him. So you think that... So I mean, he's clearly an NBA player. You know, he's played like... I mean, he's played almost a hundred career NBA games over the last four years. No, I'm telling. I'm just trying to fly fly the flag and show some support. Um, Goran Dragic has just been non-factor again. He's only really uh, played five games. Like yeah. this is this is kind of like my my question with Toronto. Right, they're playing Delano Banton a lot. Malachi Flynn looks like just total whiff. But obviously, I, I'm not gonna not gonna do anything about like talking about Toronto and their development program because like he could come out next year and be like a really good player. Like that's just what they do, right? But we're now how many years? Three years removed from winning the title. Fred Van Vliet is very good. OG Ananubi is very good. Pascal Siakam, despite like the jokes about him, he may not be a second team All NBA guy ever again, but he's a very good NBA player. Beyond that, like I don't know. Like I don't. I, I, so what do you do? So you say this? These are all young guys. The young, the oldest is like 27, 28. Do you? Oh, they're five stars, I guess. Do you just tweak it, try to get the better depth around them? Or do you trade, let's say, Siakam, I think, is the guy that would be. I wonder, I, I don't know what goes on. And, and obviously, Masai Ujiri is like a very creative GM, right? And I, I think, I still think as of today, like, if we could get, like, Bovada odds on, like, what Pascal Siakam's, like, what team Pascal Siakam would be playing on after the trade deadline, I think it'll be Toronto because we know that he's not going to, like, he didn't move Kyle Lowry last year because he didn't feel like he could get a good, value for him but i do wonder if like in the back of his mind he's like hey you know if we don't move him now his value is like not going to get any higher and he's obviously under contract so he's not leaving like but kyle like he knew he was gone and he just was like all right we'll keep him even though they could get maybe something that would help them out but if you think scotty barnes is like truly going to be a star and and again he's still he's got some issues i, I don't know that we expected him to even shoot like 36 percent from three as a rookie which he is shooting right now but he's still shooting you know, he, he, he's still not a great shooter, but if you think Scotty Barnes is a star, you probably should move Pascal, right. To like fit better pieces around Scotty Barnes. I think so. If you can, like, I think they would have been a great candidate maybe last year to like, could you trade them for like those warriors, young guys, you know, and get like, Wiseman and those guys aren't that good. Kaminga looks like he might be a keeper. Yeah. I mean, if you could trade him for Wiseman and Kaminga, I would. I mean, if okay, you, let me ask problem, you, you can't match salaries. Let me ask you this. If you could trade Pascal Siakam for like Okongwu and like Bojan Bogdanovich, would you do it? Or Bogdan Bogdanovich, excuse me. Would you do it? Yeah. I, I'm not, I've just never been a big Pascal fan, to be honest. I just, I mean, he's a good, I mean, he's a good player. Like he's, he's still like a very good player. Yeah, I mean, maybe we talked about Sabonis for Sabonis. If you can get, does he that, make sense? You probably need to get kind of. Um, so like, you know what's, Sab- you know what's interesting? Can I throw in one really big conspiracy theory or whatever, or you know, hard question? So we talk a lot about maybe the Warriors trade these young guys to push them over the top. The hard part is matching salaries because they don't make that much money right now. And then the throw-in always to match salaries would be Andrew Wiggins. But you're not trading him because he's playing pretty good. well. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. But here's my question. At what point do, you know, Clay Thompson's coming back. If he's not the Clay Thompson of old, he's making 38 million, 40 million, 43 million. If he's just a shell of himself, do you think the Warriors would consider making him the, the salary throw in for some of these trades? Probably. Yeah, probably. I think, um, 
But the problem is if he comes back and he's a shell of himself, nobody's going to take him. No, right? but you like, uh, just like as a salary dump. You'd have like, to do it. him for Bradley Beal or something. And Doesn't he have so, four more years on this deal? Yeah, three de- three more years. At, he's, 100, he's at, bad, 100, could be, at 120 million, right? Counting this year, he has 120 yes, million left on his deal. Yes. He's going to be one of the highest paid players for the next few years. I actually just pulled them up on Spotrack, and he does have 121.8 million left, but the number above his is Steph Curry, 261 million. <laughs> it's just so much money. Like, it's fine, you know, whatever. But Kaminga's actually the Warrior. Kaminga and Wiseman are the Warriors' fifth and sixth highest played players. That's that's uh, pretty Yeah, that shows you the, the top picks do get a decent amount. Wiseman, 9 million, 10 million next year. Yeah, I, um, I, I don't know. I don't. I think that the Warriors have waited this long for Clay. You know, and obviously they probably got his contract insured and all that nonsense. But like we thought maybe Christmas and it doesn't, you know, that didn't happen. We thought, you know, maybe right after Christmas. And so like we're we're still kind of waiting. So I'm not sure if that's a good sign or a bad sign or if they're just like, hey, you know, we're playing really well right now. Like, you know, take your time, do what you got to do to make sure you feel comfortable. But like I think they would use him as a salary throw in, but he doesn't make a ton of sense as a salary throw in because you're still paying a ton of salary. So unless you trade him to like the Thunder right for Shea Gilgis Alexander which is it's not happening anyway but like unless you trade him to the Thunder like you know who's taking him like is Houston taking him and you're getting back like Daniel Tyson Christian Wood or something like that doesn't really make sense it would just be such a sad end for Clay Thompson's you know Warriors run if at the last two years of this deal are looked at as this giant albatross that they're trying to get rid of yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think, but I mean, also like he tore his Achilles and he tore his, or he tore his ACL and then he tore his Achilles. Like it's hard to, it's hard to blame the Warriors for that. And, and no, like you said, it and, is a, it's and just and a sad ending one. to like a great basketball career, if that's the case. If that's the case. And I, I expect him to come back and be solid. Like, and even if he's like a solid starter, I think they'll be happy with that. Let me ask um, you a question. Do the Warriors like need to make a move in your opinion? I mean, cause they are, like you said, they are one of the teams that people always circle because like, they do kind of have these three young guys, plus a guy like Jordan Poole, who, you know, he doesn't make a lot. And I think his value would be a lot higher than we think. But like somebody could come kicking the tires and be like, well, trade. Like the Wizards could say, like, all right, we want Jordan Poole as part of the Bradley Beal deal, you know? I, yeah, it's a good question. I think right now they're, con- they're content to be like best of both worlds. Like we'll be a finals contender and have a bright future with young guys. Kaminga um, look Kaminga actually there Kaminga like shows flashes where he like looks like you could play him in a playoff series. I haven't really seen I mean Wiseman we haven't seen at all, but like Moses Moody doesn't really seem like he's that type of guy. And they have so many veterans that you absolutely can play in playoff series. I mean that you know, we talk about the Hawks and it's like they're basically the Hawks with like lesser name value in their depth, but like better top end pieces and then depth that like makes a lot of sense with those top end pieces, you know. Yeah. Whereas like the Hawks maybe just have too many guys that need shots. The Warriors have just this like perfect complement of dudes that is like fine to just play and take shots when they need them to. And it's like, yeah, I think that I think the Warriors can nibble around the trade market and be like, look, because we hit on Jordan Poole and Otto Porter has been like found money. Somebody like Moses Moody is expendable now. Um, it's, it's very annoying. We talk about this every year, and this is kind of getting a little bit off track of what the actual like theme of the show is. But it's like very annoying when like we talk about all these guys that can be good and like they go to teams and they're just not that good. Right. Like, like Bielitsa is just a really good NBA player in the right role. And he just like, couldn't work anywhere else. And now the warriors are just like, Hey, let's let you do what you're good at. And he's just a good depth piece. Like auto Porter, like the bulls, you're telling me like the bulls couldn't use auto Porter this year. Well, the thing that I, you know, I, I one of my best takes, I have to be honest. Um, I'm a big auto Porter fan, partly because of Georgetown. Um, same with Greg Monroe, but I said, like, not whoever signs out of Porter is going to win the title, but like, I do think he was the major X factor this offseason. And if he was on the Lakers right now, it'd it would be a lot be a better. Totally different story. And, but, but here's the thing that's kind of my point is like, do we think he'd be really good on the Lakers? I think like, so. I mean, he's like a 40% three point shooter. He could stand around and be a better yeah. version of Trevor Ariza. That is certainly who he can be. That's always who he was in his career in DC, too. It was like, you know, Trevor Ariza, like, made corner threes, but like, I mean, I, I think we're kind of like burying the lead with the Warriors a little bit because like, you know, they developed Damian Lee, your guy, like you were all about Damian Lee, but Damian Lee's a really good NBA rotation player. Like somehow Juan Toscano Anderson plays every night and it doesn't like kill the Warriors. I would have never guessed that. You know what I mean? Like this guy wasn't a star at Marquette. Like, I just think they have all these well, guys. That they can do you play think with. they're like, like, that's a great question. Like, do you, can you check on Bovada to see what, if they're, you know, 
Is it title or bust? And if it is title or bust, do they need to make a move? I mean, it's not title or bust. I think they should have the best odds in the West, and they do, I believe, as of right now. I do think their odds should be better than I do think their odds should be better than Utah right at this moment. But I also think that like I don't know. It's really hard. Well, I'm looking at it right now. Um, they're, they're plus 600 right now. They have the second best odds. Jokic, by the way, if you just the last betting segment, Jokic has gone up to plus 1100 for MVP. I still think that's really good value. Plus um, 1100. Plus 11. Yeah, that is pretty. Plus good. 1100. I mean, like his stats are just like ridiculous. Oh, hey, by the way, if you do actually want a, a, a quick like betting tip that you could actually make for this weekend, Sam, this is a good one for you. Yeah. The Browns are like plus 600. This is a football one, but the Browns are like plus 600 to win the. AFC North, right? They play the Bengals this weekend. If you bet the Browns and then bet the Bengals, like hedge the Bengals spread this weekend, you can just middle it because if the Browns beat the Bengals, then all they have to do is beat like a bad team in week 17 or week 18 to get into the playoffs. But if they lose the Bengals, they're like basically eliminated. So like you can just middle the Browns to win the NFC North or AFC North, excuse me, at plus 600 and then hedge on the Bengals and just guarantee yourself like, I don't know, however much money you want to bet. But that's not a bad bet. And then that's a smart degenerate tip. Because I was looking at the Steelers. I was watching the Steelers. And they just look terrible. They're awful. Um, They're the worst. Uh, so Bovada, Brooklyn is the betting favorite, plus 260 to win the title. Golden State is second, plus 550. And so if that's true, then you don't really need to make a move. I guess I'm my, not sure I totally I, buy it. I guess like your question is pretty good, though, because it's like, do you just assume that like every year you can win a title knowing the guys get older. Like, do you just have to go for it? Like, do you owe it to Steph Curry to let him try to win another one, put him in the best position possible or it, cause they're surely they are not already in the best position possible. Zan. Like if they have moves yeah, that they can I, make. I just don't see, unless you just say three is more important than a two. So Steph Curry's threes is going to beat you know, Chris Paul and, and Durant's mid range shooting. I just think, I don't see a scenario where they would beat Brooklyn right now. I don't know. I mean, or Milwaukee, really, to be here's the thing. Those, those of us that have been waiting for Brooklyn and I've made this point a couple of times, like Kyrie's back. He's, I mean, I don't know if he's going to get vaccinated, so he's probably going to play half their games. Like I I don't care at this point to discuss it anymore, but they're going to have Kyrie for at least half their games at this point. But like, we were so worried about like Harden and Durant and like all these minutes and like Joe Harris and all this stuff. But like, you know, Durant is in the, you know, he just got a 10 day break. Harden hadn't played in like 15 days and he does look a lot more spry than the last like two games than he has like against the Lakers on Christmas night. Like he clearly was tired at the end of the game, which is, you know, standard for our boy. He's not the most in shape individual, but like he was dominant for a large portion of the game. He has a lot more bursts than he had. He was really good on Tuesday night. I think it's 39 and a triple double. Like, you know, the, the guy is good. And so like, if you're telling me like Durant's just coming back off a of rest and they get the all-star break like maybe we're just underrating brooklyn and like we talked like oh do they have enough are they deep enough and it's like dude these guys are getting a rest and like they're gonna get guys healthy like who who is beating them if joe harris comes back healthy yeah i don't know and so then it's a matter of golden state saying is making the finals of a successful year i guess so it would be amazing final golden state brooklyn storyline wise I, I mean it would be fun like but golden state is worse than them right like they do have guys to guard kevin durant and they do have guys that can guard you know james harden and they have some players that can guard. like you probably get a lot of gary payton on Kyrie irving but also that would be the best finals right because unvaccinated players can't play in golden state right so actually if the rules don't change Kyrie could not play in that finals. that would be great sweet justice oh my God. here's a question How, that would i might actually root for that that would be great you're the league office you would love to see Brooklyn. I think the Brooklyn Lakers would still be like the number one storyline. Zan, the Lakers ain't making the they, <laughs> I'm just I don't even know if they're making the playoffs. They ain't making the finals, though. I'm just saying, if you could dr- pencil in a dream scenario, I think Brooklyn, Golden State would be next. My question to you is, to end the show, what is the most realistic, boring TV final? And I think at this league office, I think would throw Utah, nominate Utah. I was going to say probably Utah and Milwaukee, right? Because Milwaukee won last year. And so like, yeah, Giannis is a big draw, but like he already won, right? So right. it's not like a, the, the piece of him like, hey, like, like, you know, last year's finals was like either Chris Paul gets his first or Giannis gets his first. And it's kind of like, you know, is Milwaukee going to really break through? But like Utah, while Donovan Mitchell is a very fun guy to have on, like 
you know, Rudy Gobert isn't really like the face of the league type. He also, you know, he has some unfortunate moments in the past. And, uh, you know, I, so I think Utah has to be in that mix. But I, I guess it's Milwaukee. I don't I don't know. Or Miami. Like maybe, and could like, Miami make it? I don't like think could so. Chicago or Cleveland make the finals? That seems unlikely to me. Like if <laughs> that Utah, would be bizarre. If Utah makes the finals, you probably want it to be against like Philly because like Embiid against Gobert would be a lot of fun as like a storyline. The two of them yeah. would like talk trash to each other, whatever. But like I don't think Philly's making the finals, obviously. And so I even think I, I honestly just think you the league just doesn't want Utah to make the finals. I think and you can probably do market too because I mean if Donovan Mitchell has an amazing finals, he could sell him as the next you know Dwayne Wade. Or right, something. and he's like, like a fun guy. He's got good quotes. Like Quinn Snyder's a pretty quotable dude. Like they have like you know Joe Ingles is like a quotable guy. Like Utah has guys that would be fun, but like it's just a market thing, right? Like you're right. You want Brooklyn and LA, then you would take Brooklyn and Golden State, and then you would probably take Brooklyn and like. Phoenix, maybe. I don't know if you would take. Would you take Phoenix? Yeah, I guess that. I, mean, I think people are buying into Phoenix now, but it's sort of like the team. If, U- if Utah with Utah and Miami would be boring, just in the yeah. sense of like the players. You need, but you want superstars. But like, if you have like a team success, like a Utah, you want them against like the well balanced, well coached team needs to fight against a superstar. Yeah, you, you need know? you need the Pistons against the Shaq and Kobe Lakers. Yeah. You need to be able to, to frame it that way. I Man mean, the league, versus machine. I mean, the perfect scenario for the league, right, would be Golden State and the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals yes. and then Brooklyn and probably Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals because that series was so good last year. Yeah. Like, but I don't know, the league would... It's interesting because there's no like under there's no like overarching storyline that I think makes a lot of sense. Like I want to see James Harden win a title, and I, I wouldn't mind seeing Chris Paul. You're the one guy. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, like Durant has titles already. Like he's built this super team in his own image, right? Like he's done what we hate LeBron for, right? Or hate on LeBron for. So like you know Curry, if he wins this without Durant, like that's huge in my opinion yeah, like, for no, his legacy. Absolutely. But other than that, like are there other legacy things at stake? I think Durant is in an unfortunate situation where he would get the least amount of credit for winning again. Yeah. Even though he's like get a ton, even though like it's, it's weird, right? Like Curry, obviously like he's kind of, you know, he was on a super team. Like he recruited Durant, whatever, but now it's like everybody's rooting for Steph Curry. They want him to be MVP and like, nobody's rooting for Kevin Durant. But like, if you watch kind of how Kevin Durant's played like the last year and a half, it really hasn't been a very super team esque experience for him. It's no. really just been him carrying the Olympic team and the Nets to like as far as they could possibly go. And he hasn't really. Do you think he's made like a public comeback in that in that sort of? I think area? a lot of people have like finally like admitted defeat and like acknowledged that he's like maybe the best player. And um, I think a lot of people thought you know like casual fans would be like he'll never be considered a great player now. It's like, clearly he's a historically good player. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting to see like where his legacy ends yeah, up with Curry. I think the yeah, the Harden thing, like if you won with just Kyrie, I think you give him all the flowers basically, but to have Harden and Kyrie, it's like, I just, he'll never get the full credit. Do you think if, if Durant wins a, t- let, let me ask you right now, would you have Durant ahead of Steph Curry all time in terms like, and, and this is, right this now. is very stupid. Don't get me wrong. No, I think it's a legitimate argument. Um, I would say right now, yeah, because Curry missed a lot of time too. I mean, Durant's um, missed two full seasons, right? But I, I think if Curry wins again by himself, basically, it's going to be hard, right? Like it's yeah. going to be tough to to. I think, and then I think, would you is Curry the unquestioned best point guard ever if he could win another title? I mean, people like you who are LA like fans are never going to. I think there are people that just never take that title away from Magic Johnson, and I'm not old enough yeah i didn't see magic enough or well versed enough to know that but i i do think like at a certain point like curry is knocking on the door like there's people that'll say he's like not a point guard it's isaiah thomas blah 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 blah. but like it's hard to argue with the impact that steph curry's had on the nba and so like if he ends up with another title that would be four titles two as like the sole superstar and the best team of all time best regular season of all time and like you said like unquestioned best player on those three teams so yeah i think it's pretty hard to argue right um and also just like i think advanced stats i don't know what magic johnson's advanced stats are i can't imagine. they're good apparently i mean are they actually good yeah they're good so oh because he like people say he can't shoot couldn't defend really. I mean, like he apparently had some holes here. We didn't see him. 30% from the three point line. 
Nobody uh, shot threes though. Like, what does it matter, true. right? How many? What, what's the most threes he shot in his career in a season? Uh, Towards the end, he started shooting threes. In 1990, two, three, he shot three. 276. That's very surprising to me. Shout out to him though. I thought I thought he wasn't a great shooter. 85 percent from the free throw line for his career. Yeah, he just was. It's like MJ, right? Like you know, he can make shots. Like I don't know. I mean, Magic Johnson. There are people, and I don't, I don't, again, I'm not. They I'm do not, have box plus minus and VORP from those days, and, and he grades really highly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And he missed, you know, four years. Like, I mean, he basically, like, if Magic Johnson doesn't get HIV, right? Like, those guys played until they were 37, 38, 39 years old. Like, he stopped playing at 31, right? So it's just, you know, his PER is really high if you want to go on that, too. Like, I, again, this is not a whole, like, Right. Let's. I'm just saying there are people that will never take that title away from Magic Johnson. Just like there are people that will never listen to like Michael Jordan well, was think, the greatest player ever. Well, I mean, I it's, it's like sort of like an opening. Forgetting like Mount Rushmore, best team ever. Like you talk about the best players ever, like that five to ten range. I think it's kind of wide open. Yeah. And so Steph Curry could get in there. Durant it, could lock KD, himself in. Absolutely. Giannis, if he wins another title, could he get in that conversation? If, let me ask you a question. Like if Giannis wins a title this year. And and we're talking yeah. about like a 26 year old player with like two MVPs, two Finals MVPs, Defensive Player of the Year, two NBA titles. Like where where is Giannis on the list? Like he's like a top 20 player all time already, which is amazing. Yeah. I mean, his resume considered. at this age is like up there. It's just it's, like how is he going to age? I don't know. I mean, I, on Christmas Day, it looked like he was the best NBA player I've ever seen in my life. I'm not going to lie. Like there are times when you watch Giannis and you're just like, it doesn't. It makes no sense. Like the stuff that he can physically do. And he's sort of at that stage where you, we were with LeBron about 10 years ago when it was like, hey, what happens when LeBron's athleticism is gone? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we've only really started talking about that the last two years, right, Dan? So maybe Giannis has a lot of juice left in his tank. I don't know. I but, mean, like, he does have – I mean, this is going to sound insane. But, like, there are very few players who have, like, greatest of all time upside still. Oh, and, he does. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't you say that? Like, if you if you said Giannis, I don't think this is going to happen, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Giannis, I just want to look up where he's been playing because he's been playing a lot more center. He has played center 50% of the time this year. If they just say, like, look, we're going to play him at center half the time, and then he just rattles off, like, four titles in a row, five titles in a row, ends up winning five or six by the end. Like, he is potentially the greatest basketball player of all time let's say let's say for the next 10 years he's first team all nba right and he wins four titles like that would be five titles 15 time first team all nba like a couple more mvps right like he's probably going to win another one at some point when people are tired of not voting for him like well and that's what's so scary about him playing center it's like how's brooklyn going to match up how's well, they can play yeah. Durant. They can play Durant at center, and it'll be all right. They'll probably play Claxton and James Johnson, yeah, who are, I guess you know, so. there is kind of a beauty in watching Steve Nash coach. Like, I know that we were kind of critical of him, like, getting that opportunity, but Brooklyn has quietly, obviously, they have Durant and Harden and Kyrie, so it's whatever, but they have quietly, like, assembled a group of, like, rotation guys that that serve purposes for the playoff teams that they will play, with the exception of Philly, because they don't have anyone to guard Embiid. But this is this is like we're way off the rails now, but I would have said Luca two years ago had like greatest of all time potential. You know, second year he averaged twenty nine nine and nine. He has gotten slightly worse. Like, are we? Taking, he's still really I, good. Like, we're not. Taking but it. I would take that away from him. That, that I don't think there's he has that upside anymore. So you're saying the only player in the NBA that has greatest of all time potential? You were taking well, that away from Le- 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 no LeBron. LeBron, yeah, LeBron. Yeah. If, I mean, if, if the, listen, if this Lakers team, we're going to clip this. This will be the last thing I say on the show today, and we'll okay. talk. But if this Lakers team turns it around and wins an NBA title on LeBron's back, it's going to be really hard to say that he's not the best player ever. Like because like this this team is so flawed. There's so many issues. They, they, they're arguably just like a bad I don't run. know, man. Come on. They have like AD, Hall of Famer, Russell Westbrook. He's Hall of injured. Famer. Russell Westbrook, you have said, is a bad NBA player for years. Like, I, I'm just asking you, like, would you yeah, not? I, th- I think LeBron needs to tie the rings to clinch it. but Maybe. So he doesn't have greatest of all time potential then because he's certainly not winning two more titles. Unless he goes to Giannis's team. That could happen, maybe. But 
I think, he, yeah, he still does because they could maybe win this next year, you know, whatever, trade for Lillard, do some shady stuff. How are they and getting play until he's Lillard. 45? Like, that, that could happen, actually. That that could definitely happen. I did, I, I got around to listening to Kyle Korver's interview with JJ Redick, and he was saying that, like, Kobe kind of changed the way people thought about taking care of their bodies. And now the best players in the NBA just spend so much money on it that, like, it's conceivable that like a guy like LeBron who we think is out of the norm is kind of the new normal for true superstars. Cause they realize how they can take care of their bodies. So like maybe Giannis has 15 years left and that guy probably wouldn't bet against it. Right. I'm just, I would doubt, I think with honestly with the Jordan as well, like something, I don't know if they're totally natural. Um, and, you know, I'm just saying, all right, we're done. Drug test them all. I mean, they get, they get, they get drug tested. All right. That is it for us this week. We'll end on that wild conspiracy theory. Oh, that's not that wild, man. Come on. You know, something's up. (laughs) Well, I mean, wasn't Bill Simmons the one trumpeting like the Tiger Woods PEDs theory for like a long time? And yeah, come on. I don't know. I mean, Hey, seems like if you're not cheating, you're not trying these days. So, uh, that is it for us this week. Uh, you can email the show Xander Gellison at gmail.com. He is Xan underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. Happy New Year. And we will, yeah, we'll be back with uh, our sh- first show of 2022. And uh, as always, Ann, it's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA show with your host, Tyler Laurie and Xander Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.